Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Good evening and welcome to Let's Drone Out. With you this evening is everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello! The ever-present Jack. Hello! And our guest this evening, Greg of Menace RC. Hello, Greg. Hello, everyone. Thank you to join us. And we understand you've got a few exciting developments that uh, you'd like to update everyone with because it's been a while since we talked to you, hasn't it? Oh, it's been a long while, yes. Um, I've kind of been hiding in France and back in the UK and, um, yeah, been busy beavering away. So, yeah, we've got a few things to talk about and go over this evening. Excellent. I've got a question here from uh, someone called Painter360. He goes, uh, Greg, why isn't your shop open? Who's who? Sorry, never heard of it. Painter360. (laughs) I see the guy that does the FR Sky tuning tips. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right. uh, I want to buy batteries why isn't your shop open he wants to buy batteries oh my word should we talk about that first yeah yes because he might talk be watching about, let's talk about some batteries right so um, well we know we know there's um, kind of a looming recession um and I think the last time there was a session was probably, what, 2007, something like that. So, I mean, we I, I've been running Menace now for, um, it must be seven years, seven years plus, something like that. But um, what I'm uh, trying to do now is trying to sort of future-proof things so we can run a lot longer. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy doing the job, Menace, and I love it. Um, but what I'm trying to do is diversify a little into a few other product areas to try and sort of future-proof um, the, the company going forward. And um, so this last year has been about sort of development and experimentation um, and sort of trying new ideas and exploring new avenues. Um, one of the avenues which um, I think Lee Painless 360 is very keen on is um, batteries. And that's mainly LiPo batteries or lithium ion cells. And um, what I originally started to look at um, maybe manufacturing our own, you know, um, OEM branding um, batteries. But I think. Um, it's it's quite an it's quite an involvement in that. So then I started speaking to other manufacturers of batteries, and this year decided to work with um, Tattoo, the um, battery manufacturer, Genzace Tattoo that we know, and we've um, done a done a um, 
an experimentation at Wings and Wheels where we thought, right, what we do, we we create a, a live, um, a physical shop and we'll bring through a range of batteries. I mean, we, we tried to get pretty much one, at least, well, a half a dozen of everything and um, just experiment and see. And so we set up a stand at Wings and Wheels and we had the range of tattoo which covered their sort of fun fly, soaring, R lines, their general tattoo, Gen's Ace batteries and so on, ranging from one cell all the way up to six cell. And, um, yeah, we had a very successful show. Um, a lot of people were interested in the batteries. So, yeah, so we've done, we done Wings and Wheels. And we were in the progress of putting together a website. Um, it'd be an e-commerce website. And where, where I'm kind of going with the website is it'd be purely for the UK market because I understand that in the UK a lot of um, uh, it's much more difficult to get hold of LiPos and get hold of quality LiPos and LiPos with the support and backing of the manufacturers. So um, we're going to open up a website. It's going to be called RC Vault. It's going to be open before Christmas, hopefully in November. And we're going to have the range of batteries on the website. We're also going to have pretty much the range of everyone's props as well. So the tagline is going to be Props in Power. And mm-hmm. within that as well, we're going to have uh, a workbench where you can come and get all your tools in sundry items for your for your workbench, uh, along with all the you know cables and interconnects and all that sort of good stuff. So um, yeah, that's RC Vault. <laughs> Excellent. And is that uh, going to be linked just to Genzace, or are you doing a variety of manufacturers? Um, I think we will explore into other manufacturers, but we're starting primarily with the Genzace brand. Um, there was a few things that I would really liked about. Gen's Ace in the tattoo brands, and one of it was that um, they they do they, they actually warehouse in Europe, which is good. So there's local support for the UK market. And um, the second thing is that they're offering much longer terms now on the warranties of their batteries. So I don't know if people are already aware of that or not, but that was something that I thought you know if if we've got local support and We've got a good warranty system on the batteries. Um, it gives me the confidence to, you know, bring this this line of batteries in. And then right. what we can do in the future is look at other manufacturers and what they're offering and what they offer in the way of support and aftermarket and things like that, and um, go from there. Really, is it painful to send batteries through the post in the UK? Whenever I look at like <laughs> what's allowed in Royal Mail, they said. Not batteries, not unless it's inside some equipment that it came with or something like that. Do you have to have special shipping provisions and things? Yeah, unfortunately, Royal Mail's a no for lipos. And I know people do send them in the post. Um, but, yeah, you have to use a courier and you have to label the, the packages in a certain way and the packages have to be packed in a certain way as well. Um, and you have to have your um, marking on the side to say what exactly what's inside the package. You know, um, lithium, lithium polymer. There's, you know, there's different codes for different batteries, and also contact details clearly on that um, warning label as well. So if, if there is any problems, they get hold of us pretty much straight away. Um, but yeah, you have to use couriers. You know, like DPD, UPS, people like that, um, which means. 
if you're going to go and buy just one lipo, you you know you're going to be paying a courier fee. So it, it's worth mm. you know if you're going to buy by two or three at a time, and you can um, you know keep keep your shipping, you know your local shipping costs down. So yeah, but yeah, Royal Mail, mm, no. I do like the idea of uh, a contact detail, sort of, if this package is on fire, please contact Greg and he will direct you to how to put it out or something. I'll come running with a fire extinguisher or a bucket of water. You don't really put it out. You kind of just stop other stuff from being on fire. Just throw yeah. it out the window. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's all about just following the... Um, the, the, the regulations for shipping. Um, it, it's a different game. And I mean, well, with the RC Vault, we were thinking, you know, it's just, just for the UK. This, that's all where we want to operate with it. Because as soon as you start shipping lipos um, across borders and things like that, there's a whole new set of rules come into play and regulations. So, mm, you know, very complicated. And, and I, I believe that. Um, Right now, there's a you know there's a good opportunity for us um, to have batteries in the UK and uh, in um, yeah just UK business. So yeah, speaking of UK business, some people picked up on you being in France. Are you back here permanently or? Um, Yeah, hundred percent back here now. Yeah, we're we're living. I'm living in Wiltshire. Um, If anyone knows where that is, (laughs) Um, it's near Stonehenge. Um, yeah, so back in Wiltshire, back in the UK, um, I've still got my place in France and I'll be popping out there from time to time. But yeah, uh, UK resident, 100%. Have, have you um, have you still got the Land Rover? <laughs> How far is that going? <laughs> uh, I've still got a, yeah, um, I've still got it, yes. <laughs> and um, how far is it going? Um, I've driven it around the block. That's hey. Yeah, so it's moving. It, it, it pulls Under forward. its own steam? Yeah, 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 yeah. The engine's running. It's, it's moving. Well, is it a Series 2, isn't it? It's a 1965 Series 2A, yeah. Um, and I bought it without even looking at it, just had it delivered on the back of a trailer, and it just wouldn't work. So, yeah, um, I just tinker with it from time to time. And, uh, yeah, it moves. doesn't stop very well, but it moves. Hilarious. Um, like, are you going to do the whole thing with... Um, what did... Hobby, Hobby King used to send LiPo batteries via Parcel Force but list them mm. as lithium-ion. Is that... Right. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's I mean, Hobby King are not a recommendation for what anyone else should do. There's a, no. They're not in business no. currently anymore over here. Are you no. saying you shouldn't store all your lipos in a massive bin and let us mess around with them <laughs> randomly? <laughs> I don't yeah. think they let us. Are we allowed to talk about that yet, Jack? I've still got footage of it. Yeah, I think so. Good. What's this? Coming soon, the <laughs> video of the mysterious lipo bin at Hobby King, which we may have messed around with a bit. Surely oh before word. we stole their Land Rover. No, it wasn't yeah. Land Rover, it was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Land Rover. Was it? Oh, okay. Or a Range Rover. It's one of those Somewhere. two. Oh, sure. They had a, a storage container full of lipos, you know, the reject ones that, that didn't work or been mm-hmm. sent back or was low voltage and I was like have a look at this and it's just like this you open this storage container and it's full of like 
swollen batteries of doom. Oh my god. Throw a match in. See what happens. Oh my god. Surely if it's that just went a up. time before one of them goes and you get a cascade, surely. Yeah. Oh my god. It was pretty, That's why, pretty impressive was it just box, a, wasn't it? Was it just a plastic wheelie bin or something? Or No, it was a, a metal... Have you got the footage, Curry, to hand? Ooh, when you say a storage container and someone the size of Hobby King, I, I'm, I'm thinking like a shipping container and you open the door and it's just like... It was kind of like that, but it was not not deep. It was oh, quite... Yeah. I just, okay. I'm, I'm, if Curry can find it... I have to try and figure out what oh, year it was from. The first fun you could I have with a nail through. gun in a situation like that. Just pop a couple of nails in there and go running, hide behind a wall. Yeah. I missed that event now. There were boxes of like brand new stuff there, which we just assumed had gone sort of out of date. It's like best before <laughs> whatever on batteries or something. They just shoved whole boxes in there. It was crazy. A lot a lot of them were the the sort of like um, lipos that run airsoft guns, I believe. Pretty weird form factors, aren't they? Long mm. stick ones. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. So, Greg, you have been making a soldering iron. Why? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, wanted to make a soldering iron. Um, there's soldering irons out there. Um, there's there's lots of sold nines out there, but I just thought, well, I, I can have a go at this, and I can have a go at making a sold nine, which is hopefully better um, in you know um, sold, using it to solder with, etc. Um, but on the process of development, um, it's been quite interesting because I, I was playing around with shapes of sold nines and things like that, done a bit of research came up with a unique shape which is very comfortable in the hand um it could you know it fits so comfortably um it could leave mu- alleviate muscle fatigue and things like that so i thought i'd have a go at putting a patent in on that as well and um the patent's gone in it's accepted it can take up to about five years for you to actually get your um patent awarded but it's in the process so we can say patent pending as you know but um in doing the patent on the solden iron, also speaking to the IPO, um, we... Hi, my name's Greg, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is a all made, but also Sam. a serial tech tinkerer. I'm really excited to share with you today a product that I've been developing, which is a solden iron. I Sorry. created yeah, this campaign on Kickstarter to help launch Solder Go. The iron is designed to cover all aspects of smart irons with a small case yet having a full-size soldering tip. The iron has it's portable, it's got sleep work mode, wake mode, it's got a rapid heat up time, can be powered from a battery, um, but also it has a very interesting but ergonomically shaped handle that fits comfortably into your hand. I've been into electronics from a very early age. I love computers and RC um, models and things like that. Um, At school, I used to enter tech competitions, um, things like, you know, delivering an egg from a height safely with a machine or uh, making a machine to uh, find a candle and extinguish it. These were competitions that we entered and won. 
Um, now, you have to remember that back then, this is the 80s, and no Arduino, no Raspberry Pi. From school, I went on to do an apprenticeship in electronics. And then after my apprenticeship, I would then work for a company designing power supplies for big OEM brands. 2015, I started my own company. Um, it was making FPV parts for drones, and it's called Menace RC, and that's still going today. All the time that I've been doing these things, I use solder irons every day. And um, the solder irons I've got, they're okay, but I kept thinking, I can do better. I can make something that is going to be much better for me. So I set about designing my own solder iron. After some research, it became evident that a few people um, would suffer with muscle fatigue in their hand when using a solder iron for a long period of time. So I delved deeper and researched this subject, and I was able to develop a case which was much more comfortable to hold in the hand, and it alleviated um, this muscle fatigue. So uh, this this design, the shape of the case, it was it was extremely unique. So uh, I then um, decided to uh, apply for a patent and also I've registered the design. The ergonomic shape of the soldered iron handle, whilst one of the main features, the iron is also packed with some other features. It has a 72 watt full size soldered iron tip, which means it will heat up rapidly. You can set the temperature on the iron. There's a little joystick on the iron, and you can set the temperature all the way up to 450 degrees C. The screen on the iron will show you the actual temperature of the tip while you're using it. Um, the iron has also got a sleep and awake function. So if you put the iron down, it recognizes that it's not being held anymore and it will go to sleep. It does this to preserve energy. When you pick it up, it recognizes it and it will heat up rapidly. The iron um, can be used in the field um, by connecting to batteries or you can use it on your bench. We have an optional power supply for it. Um, when you're connecting it to a battery, the iron will recognize which battery you've connected it to, the number of cells, etc. And it will set a few parameters in the iron. When it detects that the battery's got down to 20% of its capacity, it will warn you about this, just to give you a heads up. Um, should you take it all the way down to 5%, the iron will shut down, so it'll protect the battery. On the screen um, in the iron, you can actually flip it. So it's, the iron is good for your left hand or your right hand. One of the other great features of the iron is that uh, it's got interchangeable tips. Now, to change the tip, you do not need any tools. You just simply unscrew the end thing, pop your tip out, put the new tip in, screw the end clamp back on, you're done. I am so proud of this soldering iron, and it gives me great confidence to bring this to the world. Why don't you be the first to get solder go and back this campaign? And please share it with your friends. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, thank you, Greg. What that was horrible watching that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always tough. Oh so. dear, but um, yeah, we. I tell you what, putting something on Kickstarter, Kickstarter 
was immensely scary for me um, because you've you've got to jump in there with a leap leap of faith and you know you've not made this um, product you've done all your development work you're doing the tooling production everything like that but you haven't gone into production yet so this is not something that I would normally do um, but because it was a, a product which is quite a lot different from the FPV products that I currently do, I thought it's a good way to get something out there and get sort of um, early feedback from people and hopefully early adopters and um, and so on. And the first sort of day or so, it was quite nerve-wracking, but as, as it's gone on, I've had loads of um, people contact me asking questions about features and things like that. And it's, it's opened my eyes up a little bit to have you know, maybe a couple of features we haven't even put into the iron. Um, a simple one is for our American friends. I've done the whole iron in centigrade. And, yeah, we need that option for Fahrenheit for our American friends. So that's being added you, into though, the code. They really should learn. <laughs> they're not, not going to learn if you don't tell them to learn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an eye-opener doing, doing something like this. And I've learned... Um, absolutely loads from it and it's given me um, yeah much more confidence going forward with this product that I've got the right product and you know with a few tweaks we're going to have the, the product that I really want and hopefully a lot of other people will enjoy and use so yeah it's, um, yeah it's a good it's a good process in that so the first thing that jumped to mind when I saw this is yeah you know, I'm a TS100 user I've seen them and all yep. their clones that come up and, and yep. there's lots of customization on that, courtesy of uh, iron-OS, which works with all these. And you've got things like you can change the screen to be upside down if you're a lefty versus right-handed and things like that. Are you going to yeah, yeah. um, allow that software to work so you just get all those features on this iron, or are you going your own way and building your own features from scratch? Um, we're, we're going our own way, um, building our own features. Um, I know, um, like, the drone... Um, fraternity they are uh, you know a very switched on bunch of guys and they like to tinker and get in and change things and all that but what we're trying to do here with the soul nine is make a soul nine which appeals to um, a much wider audience not just in the um, in the drone area so we uh, quite an early stage I thought right we'll, we'll develop our own code and we'll have it closed um, so that, you know, when all, all I want is for someone to buy it, take it out of the box, use it. They don't have to do anything else. That's, that was the sort of theory behind that. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a closed bit of code, but, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, have you considered any kind of uh, USB-C power as well as no, DC? This is, this is one of the other questions that have been asked. I mean, the iron itself does um, about 9 volts up to 25 Point to 26 mm -hmm. volts to say. Um, now, if you think USB-C um, or USB power banks or USB connectors, nor traditionally 5 volts, so the iron won't work. But with USB-C, um, the PD version, you can have 5 volts, 9 volts, or 20 volts. But um, we've got some work to do here because um, whenever you plug anything into a USB-C, which is PD, um, active. Um, there's a communication protocol which actually tells the source what voltage is needed. So 
what we're looking at doing is making a cable which down in the connector end will have a chip which will then do that little bit of communication and tell the source to give 20 volts to the iron in 20 volts to good voltage. I was going to say, I've got one for a Dell laptop that does that. It takes a USB-C PD in here and sets it to uh, 20 yeah. volt and passes it out there 20 volt. Yeah, yeah, it's literally going to be something like that. And I think it's, um, I can't remember whether it's SGS Thompson or TI or someone like that. They do an actual chip that you can integrate into the connector. So it's probably inside that um, that device you've got there. So, yeah. And I think that's the way to go because not everyone's going to want USB-C PD functionality, but people who do, then they can have the option of that particular lead and be able to use it with the nice. iron. So, yeah. yeah, it looks like the new ones are coming up out at uh, 28, 36, and 48 volt as well to do higher power. Right, so yeah. The yeah. next generation is going to be able to really push a lot of power through it. I use DC for mine most of the time. I'm just aware a lot of people have... USB power delivery everywhere. They've got laptops that run off. Yeah, that. yeah, and it's it, again, it's one of those things that you know. Um, I, I having the Kickstarter, having so many questions coming in before we've gone to um, full production means that we can now gives us you know a bit of time before we actually do production to to have a look at this and see how we can implement it. Um, which is one of the beauties of um, this, you know, the, the Kickstarter platform. Cool. And it got funded very quickly. Was it in 48 hours or 24 hours? Uh, yeah, like? it was a bit, bit of a shocker. 40 hours um, it was yeah. done. And, um, yeah, it was a bit It was a bit of a shock because I put a time frame on of 30 days. I put um, a conservative figure on of what we wanted to achieve. And, I mean, whilst a lot of people go on to Kickstarter to raise money, for me it was about... I wanted to be able to do the first production run, but also, um, you know, make sure that um, the product was, you know, going to be accepted in the marketplace before we sort of plow, plow on into production. And that was kind pre-orders. of proved. Yeah, pre-orders. It was kind of proved in that first first 40 hours. Um, I think um, where we're at now, it's about 200-ish um, pledges, which equates to about 200-ish sold nines which is a really nice sort of figure to do as a first a first production run well done um it, it, it'll probably creep up a bit more because we i think we've still got about 19 days left because you can't you can't stop the kickstarter now you've got to let it run its duration so i'm sure over time more people will find it so it might be you know 250 or what? 300 300 irons by the time we yeah finished. what, what so, number yeah. will it get to before it starts getting out of hand um, I don't know. I mean, if it... <laughs> <laughs> Just one million soldering irons are requested. Yeah, that, yeah uh, some people quiet. would say that's a nice problem to have. But I I mean, just going back on what I, where, where I am with, with Menace, it's always been... Um, what I've always been about is making the right product at the right price that just does the job. And that is what I want to try and recreate with this old night. Um, and yeah, if it does go wildly out of hand, uh, yeah, I must admit, I'm not sure how I will handle that. I'd have to get people, teams or whatever, but, um, I think, you know, based on, um, that initial rush, that initial surge, and now it's just sort of, you know, we're getting three or four more irons a day 
I think it's going to be well within our capability to deliver a good, good quality first production run for everyone. Yeah. Um, but speaking of um, menace and antennas, uh, Curry Kitten has had to buy some dodgy uh, antennas from <laughs> to run I'm happy to get them made. Band. This is. I, I had this conversation with Greg earlier because I, I was talking Left about Open HD. I said, Greg, I'm running 5320. <laughs> is this going to work? And Greg's like, no. You're so far outside what the antennas are tuned from. You might as yeah. well just put a coat hanger on there. So, yeah, I've had to find this other weird... I showed a picture of it last week, didn't I? I can't remember now. This other yeah. weird-looking, strange antenna, which which goes down really low, because apparently these, uh, these Wi-Fi adapters work better between, like, 51-something and 53-something, which is a bizarre... They just wow. put out more power down low, or apparently, apparently it's probably so. they're, they're tuning the resonant, the, the resonance of them. That's what I hear. I, that's what I hear from people that are doing it much, much better than me, and can see what they're doing at like thirty kilometers, where I go like five hundred meters out, and I'm like, oh, it's getting a bit. I'm still skeptical about like when you're up fifty meters above your own head and losing signal. If that can really be the antenna, right? You've exceptionally yeah. bad luck if that was the antenna. I'm I'm full of bad luck. This is what I do. I, so yeah, it, it's enough. reviewer. I've just had two things this the week that didn't work. It's like, does this work? No. Send me a new one. Um, but that, yeah, that's it. But I feel it's it's more fun in a way if things don't work properly and you can keep working it. As long as you get to a resolution at the end, it feels very satisfying. Sometimes things too easy. I I, I reminisce about what some people might call the bad old days of FPV. And we were just so happy to have something get in the air and show us a vague picture shaking around Wobble and then you'd around. crash and you'd be like, yay, I mm. flew something. Now you're like, oh, I punch out and I get above 95% throttle and there's a, there's a little bit of jello. Yeah, oh, it's these new guys coming into it. It's like literally they, they sort of buy off the shelf and they're like, oh, well, I was going and I did like a... A split S, and there was a little little bit of prop wash, and I didn't like it. And it's like the GoPro's taken out completely. But yeah, but I heard it, and it's so people people are a little bit too much perfectionist about it now. Princess in the P. Yeah, I just I just like messing around and 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 doing doing stuff for fun. That's more like it. Don't yeah. don't have to worry about if your footage is cinematic, because we know that's that's the new buzzword. It's got to be at of the moment. 30 frames a second. More, more specifically, 20, 24, 24 frames a second, really. 24, yeah. 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 Mm. They're not cinematic anyway. They've got way too much vertical FOV to be cinematic. Cinemascope should be like 2.85 to 1. That's right. That's why you have to cut the borders down just a bit more to simulate yeah. it. Yeah. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Here's someone who uh, might be interested in your soldering iron, Greg. Uh, Make me lab. Yeah, if you want to market all the the makers. Ah, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good good market good area to be. Good isn't contact it? to know. That's mm-hmm. true. And Canadian speak metric. <laughs> <laughs>
which is helpful. Yeah, yeah. The Americans oh, yeah. just need to buckle down and learn. Ask an American what a millimeter is, and they just hold their hands. Some, <laughs> some well, all the government people know proper standard units, but it's just the lay people on the street in America that they just don't have a clue. I don't know what a vow is. That you say milli to them, and they think it's a thousandth of an inch. They just lost the plot. Lost the yeah. plot. But you go into the data center and everything's like, what size is that rack? Oh, it's 800 mil. Okay. We're not talking millionths of inch. No millimeters. It's 800 millimeters. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's regular people know what they're talking about. Lay people don't know what, don't know what it is. It's like, oh, this is so complex, this metric system. Why not just have things in sixteenths of an inch? Oh, right. Yeah. It's much better. You standard multiples like 12, 14, or 16, depending on the phase of the moon. It's fine. <laughs> I, was, I was in the print studio, and every now and again, you pick up a ruler, and you go to measure something, and you're like, what the hell's going on here? And uh, <laughs> it's one of the old letterpress rulers, like everything's measured in pikes, or whatever it is, pika, whatever. And it's just... <laughs> oh, God, I'm making one of this? No, no idea. Um... Yeah, so I don't know, Greg. I am excited about your soldering iron, and thank you for making it somewhat left-handed. Cool. <laughs> oh, I you can, that. can you invert the display then? Well, I would like to say thank you for having yeah. a good design because I've been nice. visiting lots of universities lately, looking at product design people, and I come back and whinge every week about mm. how bad it is and how unthought out it is. And basically, you said my hand hurts if I sold for a long time. Here's a handle and you can solder forever, which is great. And I also like the fact you can unscrew the tip. And you don't have to find the Allen key that you've lost to get the tip. I, I do like the Allen key because it means I can swap tips when they're really hot without burning my fingers. What do you do after you unscrew it? You just throw it I use the, the pliers. I use the pliers and just take it out with the pliers and then put the other one in. Whereas that ring is really difficult to unscrew except if you use hands. You can't do it with a tool. So you've my, got to wait for the thing to cool down and then swap tips. Yeah, my soldering iron's got a flap to remove. Heat heatproof flaps. There you go. Look at this, made by Mattel. Kinky. And you get the old soldering iron out. If you can imagine this, sorry, audio listeners, and you you're just expected to just kind of touch the hot end with the flap and then pull the. <laughs> that's, that's worse solutions. It's worse solutions. It is horrible because you can totally feel the heat through this. This is like okay. what I would class as. You might as well use a handkerchief then, basically. Yeah, so. you know those. You know those wrongen people. You know, like you often find them at Airbnbs that have some sort of like what I could only class as like nipple tweaking silicone oven gloves. You know, I don't. Hang on, mini. Mini nipple, nipple tweaking oh, no. silicon oven gloves. What Airbnbs have you been going to, Jack? I want to see your Airbnb. Um, I am in Brighton. Ah, oh, right. Mini yeah. silicone <laughs> oven. <laughs> oven. <laughs> so Here we Airbnb go. Look, look this is. Yeah, look, look at it, man. These wrong and sorry for your audio listeners. You've got no hope, but it's these people. Look, and they just fit over your hand. Oh. That's like nice. some sort of weird Muppet mouth. And they're tiny. <laughs> and you can feel the heat. It's just so bad. Look, 10 centimetres by 8.5. They're wider than they are long. It's awful. 
that's enough of that. Sorry. Back on track. Can't <laughs> wait for us. What made you want to create a soldering iron, Greg? Uh, um, or do you not want to talk about that? The cramp. Yeah. No, I just look at things and think I could do it better, you know. Um, I, I try and do... Um, I try and do things that, you know, try and offer something new as well. Um, and obviously that didn't come until later on. Um, and I think over the years I've made so many weird and wonderful things and a lot of things just get put back on the shelf. Um, but, yeah, this one I've carried on through and, yeah, I'm pleased with it. It's, yeah, it's great. Will, will um, users be able to to tweak the the shape of the handle and make it more ergonomic, maybe put some get extra finger holds in and whatever they want. Are they going to be able to 3D print casings and, and swap them or anything? Um, that's something I've not thought about. Um, I mean, whilst we're going through that sort of patent stage, it's probably not prudent to share files. Fair enough. Because um, that might have an so effect. So it's the design on, patent on the shape of the handle specifically. Yes, yeah, on the shape. Right, okay. we've, done, we've done design registration with the, with the IPO office as well. Um, and again, that's all based around the shape of the handle and everything. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's probably probably at this stage, um, yeah, we, we probably wouldn't do that. But, yeah, maybe, maybe in the future that could be an option. Um, I was just thinking hey, everyone's different and some people might want theirs fatter or thinner. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we, I've tried to um, make the shape as universal as possible by lots of people trying the shape. I mean, I 3D printed... Um, you know, tons and tons of these cases, and just kept tweaking and trying, and until we ended up with something that everyone thought was, yeah, this is this is nice. So yeah, nice. How do you spell yogurt? Y o g h u r t. Oh h. Thank you. Sorry. But why? Right. Should I ask? Oh dear, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet you don't miss the goat, do you? No. Oh, oh, sound it exciting clip, people. Oh, is this uh, can you guys hear yeah. this or or not? No. Okay. No. Not right now. Oh, you're not Sorry. saying it's in that shipping container, are you? Yeah. Holy yeah. Sh- metal buckets. Holy. Yeah. Sh- oh my god. Gosh. Is and it is just a shocking. small. That is a cut-off... It looks like a cut-off shipping container for our audio viewers. They've got a shipping container and sort of just cut it in half and put a metal panel down it. And the so tempting to push with, Jack in the box there and what, close the I door. I don't think they're metal buckets. I think they're empty paint cans, it looks like. Yeah. And the cardboard boxes on top of those, completely no organisation, just stuff bunged in there by the hundred. And each one of the boxes with a with a battery yeah, system. That's one of the weird gun batteries. Like there's there. a, a giant kind of five amp hour or some chunker sitting at the front there. Everything yeah, else is the XT90 absolutely plugs. huge amounts of of everything. Every every one of those boxes was full of batteries and the buckets, and some are just chucked in. And every one of those is a fire risk. And there they are. Where uh, was it? Fun times. Jeez. Yeah. Just that was a particularly swollen one. 
What, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> that is, that is Greg? Nuts. Yeah, the team so brought what... you the sewers of Brighton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a discussion last night. Did you find it in the end? I, I didn't. I was looking back at the Halloween ones. I couldn't figure out which Halloween one. A lot of them were very lengthy and very messy with just like Tony laughing and putting on wigs for what seemed like an eternity. So I never yeah. quite yeah, got to it. Yeah, I'm sorry about our Patreon, but yeah, Greg, whatever practices that you, um, you know, do in within your company, you'd be safe to say you'll be doing a better job. Yeah, would, would so you like to order, order a big metal container right now? To I was going to say, where can it? I order one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Oh my god, it's terrible. Yeah. Mate, that that container, Joe, I reckon is probably still there. There is well, no I, way. The, the weird thing is, loads of places claim they do battery recycling, and indeed, our our bin round is supposed to collect batteries for recycling. But it says put them out there on top of the bin, and I do that, and they just ignore them every single time. Just leave them there, never take them. And the, the only time I've seen them take the batteries for recycling, the bin men looked at them left out as we were asked to. They just looked at them and then they went, uh, and just threw it into the truck mm. with, a, with everything else in the big crusher. I'm like, mm, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? So how do, you, you know, how do you get rid of stuff like that when you've got a bad batch or something or where people have returned bad cells? As how, far as I can tell, them. Hobby King's idea was you throw them in the big pan or, or bucket and you keep doing that. And then when the bucket's full up, you probably find another bucket and you keep doing that. And then and you move to another warehouse the problem, once that one's Yeah, full. and then you move to another warehouse and you say, anything left here is yours now. And it keeps going like that. Who knows? Circle of life. Yeah. I guarantee if I'm... If if I happen to be up that way with Frank it's or someone else, your mum's house, we will, it? yeah, we'll go visit, and I guarantee you that that container is still going to be there. Wow! Because like, okay. who's going to go there and be like, yes, you know, like yes, maybe, I will go, maybe go there with Dave. Can you imagine going down to Sainsbury's or somewhere that does battery recycling for that? And be like, hey, I've got a couple of batteries. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those oh those word. things explicitly say like no lipos on them though. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Because I've read oh, how are you even supposed to dispose of lipos then when you've got that many? Is there even a valid way of disposing of them? I don't think I there's don't any valid ways. I think they get shipped off to uh Bangladesh or something where small children try and disassemble them by yeah. hand for components and things or or stuff like that. Yeah, Who I'll, I'll, you know, you'll see a child that's like stuck little pinwheels and turned it into a toy bus or something, and they're like driving it along. It's huge five amp hour lipo with little wheels stuck on the side. Lovely new toy. Yeah. yeah, um, like it makes you wonder, like, you know, like what Faber did with all the lipos at Radio C. You know, it makes go back to Radio C and wonder, see if it's still there. Did no, Hobby not. King have to leave the UK because of this incipient lipo risk? I mean, was was that why they kind of gave up? I think it's more the the giant fine they acquired in America mm. for the milliwatt 
They're lucky they haven't picked up a giant fine for this lot. Yeah. yeah. Could be coming. So, Greg, is anything anything new happening in your antenna development, or have you been so busy uh, with everything else at the moment? Yep, there's something else. Excitement. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in Menace land, um, despite all this other good stuff that's happening, I'm still doing um, Menace design work. And, I mean, for an eternity, I've been trying to design a small antenna that everyone wants. Everyone wants UFL, MMCX, but our current range of antenna is all SMA. Um, they work brilliantly, but you know everyone wants the UFL and MMCX for um, small drones, for all the digital stuff and everything. So we've been working on um, new antennas. I'll just hold up this. So we've got um, these are these are prototypes, and they're working. We've got to do a little bit more tweaking with them. But um, this is the uh, UFL version. It's about 11 mil diameter. It's about 16 mil long. We've got about six centimeters of cable with the UFL on the end. And the UFL one, I've got a set of scales here, you know, just is 1.7 grams. So it's really quite light. And then we've got an MM, MMCX one. Um, here, here we go. Um, Similar size dimensions for the case, but obviously slightly thicker cable because the MMCX connector needs that. And that one comes in at 2.7 grams. Um, what we've done here, we've um, employed a technique for the elements inside where you actually mould the elements on an injection mould tool. Um, and you you in, inject the polymer, which has got an, an inert um, metal in it, and then you use a laser to actually etch onto that molded piece the elements of the antenna, which means you can have a very highly accurate way of producing the antenna production. Um, and doing it this way, um, because everything's molded, if you're crashing and bashing and everything, nothing's moving inside. It's all nicely solid. There's no wire to move around or anything like that inside. So, so yeah, it's quite a it's quite a technique. Um, it's a new technique for me. Um, it's made elsewhere in you know other places and other manufacturing processes, but it's something we've adopted into these new antennas. And yeah, we're we're in the um, the sort of final developments stage of these and i well i haven't got any dates as such but at least i can sort of show you them and we are you know they're imminent they're incoming and i'm nice. so pleased because i think for the last two years i've been saying i'm going to do a small antenna and it's here it's in my hand they <laughs> are so small do you want to just so, give them a little does, does this mean there there's something other than pagoda or is it all hidden inside now this isn't pagoda. This is this is something else. Yeah, it's something all, else. Is it something yeah. else that's too secret to talk about? Source. Yeah, we can talk about it in detail um, at another show when we when we're ready to go. Any with plans for tubes or reinforced cables like TrueRC were doing, where they did a tube, and you could also get like a carbon fiber tube to even beef it up more we can, than that. We can certainly look at doing things like that. Um, I mean, my first step is to get the antenna done and get it out there because I think, you know, in our range of antennas, um, it's these small antennas that we've had missing for such a long time. So mm -hmm. I'm so chuffed that we're going to soon be able to fill yeah. the gap in our range. Um, yeah. So that's something new that's coming. 
Um, it might be here by Christmas. More than likely, it'll be here in sort of January, nice. February time um, for a realistic time scale yeah. on that. And I'm so, seeing people use those on five inch more and more these days. Yeah, yeah, they're getting there. I mean, um, the they smaller are, antennas, that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 the way things are going with the digital and the way the digital um, processing is cleaning up signals and allowing us to fly further. This is, um, yeah, the you know these these are great to put onto your drones. You don't need that um, whopping great big antenna that's mounted so far up above all the other electronics. It's um, yeah, we're in we're in a really good age of digital now, so it's great. Cool. Yeah, I saw Wesley Varty. Wesley Varty. Yeah, his Varty doing his range test. And he'd done range tests with DJI and HD Zero. He added Walk Snail to the mix, and he was yeah. getting 31 kilometers on that. Wow. Uh, but ironically, the Walk Snail kit was absolute trash on the stock antennas, but did a lot better than DJI when he moved to uh, proper antennas. So there's definitely cool. some gaps in the market there for people you know, who are antenna vendors to jump in and show the manufacturers how it's done for that digital kit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the only thing I will ask, Greg, and you will yeah. hate me for this, Go on, is then. with the UFL, can you please yeah. include a small little bit of um, glue? Some glue? Them? Yeah, you know the antenna glue? Why would you not have your own glue, Jack? Well, because what just one blob of glue in a little bag in each antenna, yeah, or something you know, the like a tiny maybe as, as you push it in, something bursts yeah, yeah. and it just blobs on it, yeah. Because it why, why don't people just buy a tube of glue for two quid and have it last for years because it, it goes off, tiny, it goes funny. I just wonder if you could just get a small little, you know, small little packet that just comes with a bit of glue. And then you can kind of just. I have to ask: Does everybody feel the same way as me? If you're taking a UFL antenna off, it's a bit like bomb disposal. So you're so quiet and you're holding your breath, and you're like, "I really hope this doesn't break." As you're gently, gently. Do not move it sideways. Only move it up. Do not move it sideways. I think it was you, Greg, that talked about how many, how many. Connections and disconnections you're supposed to have in UFL, and it's, it's yeah, a it's tiny number, isn't it? Three, like 10, 10. Is it ten? <laughs> so ten if, on a UFL? If I get to ten, I'm lucky. Normally, yeah, something's know. ripped off by then. Yeah, it's sort of like when you've got test equipment, you have to think about um, the connectors and how many times you're putting antennas on and off. Even if you're using different antennas, your test equipment connectors, you have to think right after I've used that so many times, I'm going to just to be sure I'm going to swap that out for a new one. So you have to be mindful of that all the time as well with UFL. Yeah, and I'd say for the person who said hot glue gun, no. Because hot glue is not bendy. It needs to be bendy. Hot glue will just fall off certain boards. (laughs) No, I just think that little quality of life of getting a tiny little, you know, Menace RC Greg packet, because you could just make a load of it and you could sell little individual... Do you remember when Superglue came out, the little, you know, individual, like, little mini packs? If you did that... Child-sized. Yeah, the... the, Yes. Just enough to glue one child down while you go out down the path. So, you know, if, if we do that, does that mean then we have to put only sell the antennas to 18 plus 
Well, no, you can't. It's not. It's not. Well, that is the thing. You see, it's going to be spirit-based glue, which means you're shipping a fire risk instead of just an antenna, and you'd have to have it signed for because you're shipping. You know, you can't buy glue on the interwebs Uh, now. Actually, yeah, it is quite solvent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe the idea. The idea is great. Um, Sorry, I will shut my mouth. (laughs) We'll put some thought on that. Although the the. The brand Menace, Menace Glue. Oh, yeah. It's catchy, isn't it? Menace Glue. <laughs> yeah. If you, surely, if it's such a small amount, then it's not enough to get totally high. You can't get a proper buzz off it. We've yeah. just got to find out what yeah. that amount is. Yeah. They'll be figuring out how many antennas they need to buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could do, like, little tiny, like, five-gram little things just to... With the antennas, or sell them separately, yeah, you'd make a fortune because you can't. You might as well just buy the glue separately. Really, I mean, we all know you can buy this stuff from AliExpress, places like that, and it costs a pittance. I'm not really sure it's it's a bit of a hassle to ship solvents. Quality of life. Um, Um, Side side feed antennas, Greg. People, uh, could someone explain what a side feed antenna is before uh, Greg answers that, please? I don't really understand. You want yeah. the cable going in like that, don't you? So you can mount it in a wing. Say what, say what you're displaying for the audio people. Um, um, uh, sorry. I'm holding an antenna. Definitely. <laughs> vertically <laughs> with a cable horizontally at the base of the case of the antenna. I assume and that's Greg. what everyone means by side yeah. feed. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because Meanwhile, if they had it just laid down in the wing, then the polarization would be different, and then they don't want to point yeah. that bit round or something. Yeah. Didn't you used to have that special wing antenna that was like yeah. a bump, a bump that's on wings. So it's, it's exactly yeah. downward facing one. Yeah. Yeah, the mm. Aeropod, and yeah, yeah. It's still um, we sell quite a few of those actually. It, um, really, really good antenna because it uses the um, the pagoda. There you go. Got a picture of it. There you are. Yeah, right. there you go. Aerodynamic antenna for wings. So yeah, you mount that the antenna, it, you sink it into the wing, and then you've got that nice little aero case which goes over. Yeah, we don't need no stinking side feed. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Salt. People maybe want something a bit smaller. Yeah, but again, I'll say we'll, we'll just feed. get we'll get this we'll get this little antenna out there, then we can look at variations of side feed packets of glue and tubes on the leads find out how much it is and i will bank roll the uh glue <laughs> on the dark web oh my word <laughs> yeah fight fight if if you won't i will partner with greg <laughs> and i will make the the little sniffable glue sachets and <laughs> When when I sell loads of them via Greg's yeah. shop, we partner up. We uh, could have you know only Greg, Greg and Menace and Sticky Jack's Glue Emporium. <laughs> Maybe because you can extend your Etsy <laughs> shop, Jack, out. just having individual sashes of glue, and then spend yeah, all your life walking back sock. and forth to post office. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Oh, the trouble is Sticky glue Jack's Glue enough. Emporium coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah, not in any way That's affiliated it. with RC Vault. <laughs> oh my word! Sticky um, Jack sounds like some of my parents would warn me about. Which is fair. So, in, in other other menace news, we've um, was doing a little bit of work with 
and the RC on ah. smoke, smoke ah, on the planes. Smoke, yeah. So um, that's kind of took a little bit of a backseat where I've been focusing on the old sold nines and that. But now we're coming through with the sold nines, we're going to get back on that and hopefully what we will do, we will get that into production and again, probably about a January, February launch. So it's just in time for everyone doing their springtime builds on their planes and whatever ready for the next summer. So hopefully we can Excellent. have a lot of smoke in the sky next year. So you're going to be doing a full system or is it an igniter? What's um, this? The, the first one is an, ignite, an ignition system. Um, mm. So you basically you, you rely upon um, one of these uh, smoke grenades um, by is it Enola Gay ones we've been using, which are particularly good. Oh, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, yeah. Yes, but we use a processor system and we've done a very tiny little board because I don't know um, if you know all the history of it. We started off, if you, we used the Menace RC switch. Um, Andy put it on his plane. He sent the plane up in the air, switched the switch on, um, didn't switch it off. Mm. And the, the little E matches, when they blow, they don't blow open circuit, they blow closed circuit. So then it took out his um, ES, uh, his Beck in his plane and smashed his Oops. plane up. Because <laughs> um, he, he you need a little bit of on. isolation from the power feed. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. all that. So, yeah, we, I've took all considerations of all permeabilities of usage yeah. and we've done a little microprocessor igniter oh, and um, it just sends a, 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 you know, a pulse which is long enough just to hit that E, e match and it's pretty reliable. And, and it's separated it, nicely from the, the flight controller and receiver and yeah, everything. Yeah, you can connect it via a separate source. You can connect it to the same source if you're that risky. But, yeah, a separate source. Or you, can, you could connect it to the balance lead of the LiPo or, or, or however you want. Um, and the other great thing about it is that you, you'd have one igniter per E-match per smoke grenade. But I've got, like, a little bus system on them so that you can then connect them up. So you can connect as many as you want. They all run on just one channel. So each time you hit the switch on your radio, it'll fire the first one, then it'll oh, cascade nice. to the second one, the third one, the fourth one, and so on. So you could set up, you know, uh, however many you want on your on your aircraft and then oh, just pull, pull through them. So, so you, that was always a bit of an annoyance. You know, you'd blow the smoke and then you'd have to come in and change it. You know, you've got yeah. plenty of batteries, but the, the smoke's finished already. Yeah, Even absolutely. Even on a quad, it only lasts half half a battery or so on a quad. Yeah, that's it. So if you can, if you if your model can carry the weight of you know however many smoke grenades, that's that's going to be your limit, isn't it? You know, if you can, if you can carry four, you can do four different colours and set them off. And Fantastic for your whole battery. So yeah, it's um, so yeah, we've made that as universal as possible. It was all done with little solder connections, but um, we're doing a, a change in the board at the moment just so that we can have all the um, connectors on it. So it'll be pretty much a plug and play. Just plug it into your, you know, your receiver and um, into your LiPo and away you go. So, yeah. Excellent. Very cool. Anything else coming out? Um, that is all the imminent stuff that I can share with you guys today. Um, there's loads of other stuff I tinker with, but yeah, those, those are pretty much imminent. <laughs> Yeah, they're imminent, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see those come through. Yeah, it's not a bad amount to be going on with, is it? No, it's, it's quite a lot. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well done. That sounds very promising. Looking forward to seeing all that appear. Cool. Yeah. As as things happen, I'll um, keep you guys updated and um, yeah, hopefully come back on and share further details with all these things. Yep. It'd be yeah, nice to see some good. videos on that. I dare say if Andy's got a hold of it, he'll be uh, putting out a video in the near future, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I Andy believe... already did one, didn't he? Yeah, he's got some stuff up on his channel already. Um, he hasn't gone into the details of the of the product yet, but he's definitely got footage up there yeah, of it in use. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. There's a comment from Stubbsy saying, before you go, Greg, are you sponsoring any great event in October in Feckenham by any chance? Lol. <laughs> oh, we might be, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Stubbsy's got in touch, and yeah, we'll be providing some pri- prizes for... Um, one of their races um, in October. So um, we're supporting the um, the drone finals up at um, is it Buckminster, and also um, yeah, we're helping out Stubbsy and the crew there with some a few prizes and whatnot for their event as well. So yeah, nice. Good luck to everyone there. Hope you have a great time. Do you know what date that is? Who me? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> it's in well, October. I can look. I can look. I don't know. Stubbsy, post the date so we can tell everyone where and yeah. when to go on the show if people want to come and look. At... There we 30th go. 30th October. 30th October. All right. And that was Buckminster, right? Or Wings over um, Feckenham. No, that, that, the 30th October is the Wings one. Um, then you've got the um, finals, uh, the drone racing finals at Buckminster as well, where we're supporting, which I think is the week. Cool. Okay, excellent. David final wing race 2022. Halloween. It's nice to see that wing racing has, has now become a regular thing. It, it was so many years at Mini Air Show about being a maybe thing and has turned into an actual thing, which is great. Yeah, That's beautiful. I'm proud. Right, so unfortunately, that is all we got time for. Greg, a bit of a menace. You've been fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank I'm, you. yeah, and you're welcome to still hang around for the AMA if you and want. And good luck for all your business endeavours. Good luck well, with RC Vault yeah. and good luck with Go Solder. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much. Solder Go. Solder Go. Solder Go. Solder. Yeah, <laughs> Solder Go. And uh, let us know if you're interested in Sticky Jacks, Sticky Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sticky, sticky Jacks Glow Emporium. <laughs> Now you put it like that, uh, no. (laughs) Sticky Jack's Glue Emporium. Uh, Oh, my God. It might be a thing. Maybe I should get rid of the original initial FPV and just go with Sticky Jack's. Um, Sticky Jack. Um, Right. Sticky Jack's Uh, Jack Juice. Oh no, that's even worse. Um, you've been listening to Let's Drone Out, as you can tell. Uh, we've been trying to get a bit more RC uh, topics and, you know, wall to wall RC stuff. Uh, so forgive us for our messing around. You've been joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitchen. Goodbye. The man with a lovely moustache, Stephen. Cheers. Good night. But personal friend of the show. Uh, Greg from Menace RC and RC Vault. Thank you. Good night. Sponsored by Solder Go. And 
I am Bright Till I Fly, and this was Let's Drone Out. Thank you, Patreons. We love you. We love you, Patreons. Thanks. Thank you. Good night. Telemetry lost.